What's going on, everybody? This is Drew here. I want to welcome you all to a brand new episode of Phoenix Down. This is Phoenix Down, episode number 53.0. And uh, it is the month of November, which means that Matt is busy with his 90 uh thing where he's writing a novel. So uh, I usually take on someone in the month of November to do a game. If you remember correctly, last month, last year, excuse me, uh, I brought on John Whitehouse to do Psychonauts. And I figured in keeping in tradition, I would bring him back on and do another game. <laughs> that was a year ago. It that was, was, wasn't it? Yes, it was. That was a year that, ago. That was timed almost perfectly for the announcement of two. Mm-hmm. Because that was at PSX, wasn't it? it or was it PSX or Game Awards? It was the Game Awards, I believe. Because we, uh, rec- yeah, we recorded the episode, and then later on that night, me and you watched the Game Awards, <laughs> and they announced Psychonauts two, and I was like, "We are magicians." <laughs> well, I don't think they're going to announce another Mass Effect because <laughs> they already have. They already got one coming, so yeah, they're they're sort of they're, they're coming. <laughs> Thank you for having me on again. Absolutely. And so, yeah, we are playing Mass Effect, which actually uh, is a game that the listeners uh, voted on. Uh, yeah, thanks for that. Yeah, I wanted L.A. Noir. Yeah, I know. We had L.A. Noir, <laughs> Ghostbusters, Mass Effect, and Rage, and everybody decided they wanted to play Mass Effect. Well, that's fine. I haven't. To be fair, um, that and Ghostbusters were the two that I hadn't played before. I've started Mass Effect several times and never I think I've only once got to the bit where you're a Spectre and then I've always stopped and okay. so to be fair I, I I deserve to give that game a shot yeah so that, I mean that goes right into how I usually do all the series beginning um is how we our history with the game itself so mm-hmm. you've did you buy this game when it came out you no 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 it was um it's weird because I'm a big sci-fi fan. You know, I'm Star Trek and Star Wars, and uh, this whole universe has real deep roots. Uh, I think more so in Star Trek than Star Wars, but um, you can see where the inspiration uh, comes from. So it was weird that I hadn't. I didn't start that franchise until two. Okay. So, I mean, you played through two, though, completely, right? Yeah. I played two and three uh, to completion. Um, two is up there with uh, Red Dead and Uncharted uh, Two as I think one of the games of last generation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I had such a good time with it, story so and character so well written, um, and they did a lot of stuff that improved on the first one because I think it might have been a case that I skipped the first one when it released. Um, found an interest in two and thought I will give one a shot because that would seem fair, you know, give the first one a go. And and I couldn't get into it because of the way it handled. And so I kind of, again, several times started it, just couldn't, couldn't plow on. Uh, Whereas two solved all of those main issues and got rid of the Mako, but more about that later. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) <laughs> so what about you did you have you played it before oh absolutely um it's okay. it's weird so i it was a huge gamer when this came out so this was the early i wouldn't say the early days but it was one of the first big games for the 360 
was two thousand. Was it the year of the the, the year of the Xbox? Like two thousand seven. Two thousand seven, November sixteenth, two thousand seven. There you go. That was because it was with Bioshock and Modern, Modern Warfare. Warfare. That, it made one of that that form. Right, you know. Yeah, that that 2007 was a huge game, a huge year for gaming and stuff like that. And um, it was just it, like that was one of them. That was like, yeah, Bioshock. I'm getting it. Like, it, like I think I bought the most new games in 2007 than any other year, and it was just in like the span of a month. You know? Well, see, it's so similar with Bioshock for me. I didn't play that till like two or three years after it came out. Um, for me, 2007 was all the latter half of it anyway, and early 2008 was all about uh, Modern Warfare uh, yeah. multiplayer. <laughs> no, I played a shit out of Modern Warfare. <laughs> but yeah, so I bought this game brand new when it came out, um, and I was a big RPG player at the time. But I wasn't a big Western RPG player. In fact, I will say this. This is the first Bioware game I had ever played. So you hadn't touched the Star Wars games? I was, I've never been a big Star Wars fan. Oh, okay. So I didn't, I didn't really care about the you know, Knights of the Old Republic and stuff like that. Mm. Now, I, I did play, um, oh god, Boulder's Gate when I was, oh, I never... when, when I was younger, but I was never... Was that a Bioware? That was Bioware, yeah. I never, okay. but I never associated those games with Bioware for some reason. Maybe I was a little bit too young to know developers and stuff at that time. That was like back in two thousand, I think. Um, but yeah, Mass Effect was the first. I would say, you know, aside from here and there playing a Bioware game, it was the first actual Bioware game I paid attention to, and I was fucking on board with this game. Like they showed, <laughs> like I, I remember there was like this was. 2007 was the, 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 I think the first year I genuinely watched E3, like, you know, religiously took days off of work, you know, <laughs> sat there on the television, watched G4 and watched, you know, all this coverage. And they showed off Mass Effect and it blew me away. And what they were lucky. We didn't get that sort of stuff in the UK, so things like G4, and we never saw any of the televised stuff. And of course, this was kind of before the days that YouTube was a big thing, so it was a case of if we wanted to see all of the trailers and stuff, it was game trailers or a various site that was feeding from it would put it up, you'd have to download it because the, the players weren't that good, you know, the, the web players weren't that great in that time, sort of thing. Yeah. But yeah, I was, I remember they showed off the. Um... I mean, they showed some combat off and stuff like that, um, which I do have, I would want to mention, at least in this first episode, a few things that I remember distinctly. Um, but the thing that blew me away was the conversations. They, cause they showed, they showed like the shepherd going to a, a bar. Shepherd. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, they, you know, he, um, he was talking to the bartender and uh, he didn't apparently the player didn't like what that guy was saying so he just immediately interrupted the bartender grabbed a hold of him and said if you don't tell me i'm going to put a bullet in your head right now kind of thing and i was like wow this is so great you can like you can skip dialogue you can force people to do stuff now expectations always need to be lowered they showed <laughs> off a lot of stuff in that original demo that was not in the the final product. Now, they tried to do some of that stuff, but I remember distinctly 
there was a part in combat, in fact, we'll be talking about this part in the game, where the guy paused the game and gave orders to his teammates, told him, go okay. go here, take cover here, and then he unpaused the game and had them do it. Mm. That's not it. Much like Dragon Age is, isn't it? Yeah. That's kind of the stance of Dragon Age, the original one took. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But Dragon Age that came out later. Yeah, yeah. The thing is, is that they showed that for Mass Effect, it wasn't in the game. You can't. It, you can you can control you can tell them where to go, can't you? By you, pressing up on the D pad. Yeah. Um, in a general kind of way, but I guess the only thing I can think is, seeing as that was then developed and put into Dragon Age, which didn't come out that long afterwards, at two thousand nine, I guess, around about then. Um, maybe it didn't fit with the, the type of action and combat that, that Mass Effect offered as opposed to Dragon Age. Well, they implemented it in Mass Effect 2. So. Well, they, yeah, but again, that was quite, it was more simplified. And, and again, with the, um, the Paragon or Renegade moments, they, 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 they came into the, for when you press like the right trigger or left trigger, um, during certain cutscenes, but, um, I can't. Could you control? Did you have to pause it in Mass Effect Two? I don't remember that. Pause. You can. Yeah, you can pause the action, kind of like how you do when you switch weapons, or you tell your teammates to use an ability. But mm. I, I remember them pausing the game, and you could select a character and have like a cursor show up, and you can maneuver the cursor around the battlefield and say, "Go here." Yeah. And then when you unpause it, they do that. And that's not in the final product. Um, there, there was small things here and there. Now, here's my thing that I will mention about Mass Effect. When I first played this game, I played the living crap out of it to a point, And I got so upset with that game, I quit and didn't play it for like a year. Really? What was that point then? I can't remember what the point was. But I, I remember stop stopping playing it. And then going and playing other things. Cause it, you know, like I said, this came out during a time where a ton of other games were coming out. Um, and I came back to it almost a year later and finished it. Um, because let's be honest here. Mass Effect one is a glitchy, glitchy mess. <laughs> okay. I haven't had an issue so far. There are, there are issues with the game in itself, but that was the design of the game as opposed to glitches. But I mean, I'm playing on the Xbox One, of course, and maybe that makes a difference. I don't know. Um, they've probably patched this game multiple times. I'm actually playing the PS3 version, which... Um, oh, that came out quite some time after as well, didn't it? It was 2010? They, didn't, they, didn't, they released it with a three-pack. That's the only way you can get it. Yeah, with one, two, and three. Uh -huh. yeah. I think it was 2010 or 2011 it finally came out. It was like five years later the PlayStation finally got Mass Effect because originally it was published by Microsoft Game Studios. Mm-hmm. And they lost the license to it when it was bought out by EA. Weirdly, it's um, when I loaded it up for... Uh, bear in mind, I'd already previously downloaded it onto the Xbox One. Um, there was a patch for it. It was like 600 meg. So I don't know when that was, that was from. So that was weird. I would have thought that they would have downloaded it with the patch. I don't know how these things work. Yeah. But it's... um, But yeah, I, I, I did play it when it came out. Um, people hold this game in a really high regard and there's a reason why uh it does have a very good story to it uh the, the entire series does 
Um, now we all know the backlash of Mass Effect 3's ending. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't bother me that much, to be honest with you. But at the same, yeah, it didn't bother me. At the same time, I'm not the biggest. I mean, I like sci-fi, but when it comes to RPGs, Dragon Age is king to me. <laughs> I I love fantasy settings. I love you know knights in armor and mages shooting firebolts and stuff like that. Um, that's that's my thing. Sci-fi is cool, and this one has a lot of sci-fi elements. I mean, the lore in this game, that's the one thing I love about Bioware. Bioware, it seems like Bioware spends three years creating a world and then says, hey, <laughs> let's make a game about this. Well, that, my comparison to Star Trek is, is essentially from that. It's the, they, they don't just create a story, create characters. Um, there is all of this history. Um, it's like there have been four or five games prior to this one leading up to this point because everything is so detailed. Uh, much, again, much like Star Trek, you've got your races, you've got your, um, your, your fighting between those factions and the history. And humans are relatively new to the whole universe in this in this story. So it's, it's cool. I mean, I ha- must admit, I haven't had time to read a lot of it since... Because as you... Uh, progress through, you do certain things, you f- go to certain planets, you'll get, uh, every time you visit a planet, you get a nice big description of the planet, what it's composed of, you know, its history, if it has any um, of, of, no- of note, and then it goes into your codex, but that codex, I can imagine by the end of the game, is just just way too big to read. Um, it would be nice if they did it in a little app, that would have been cool. Yeah. But, start, I mean, for sci-fi is, is, is my jam, uh, where it's fantasy is yours. And when it came to Mass Effect 3, the ending, I didn't find the ending too bad. I was happy with the ending that I got. I can't remember whether I picked which ending I picked. And I know they patched it afterwards to make it um, more uh, e- or easily recognisable as to which ending you wanted to pick. Yeah. And then they changed the ending as well. Um, I took uh, I took a little bit of offence at that. I felt that um, I know there was a backlash, but you know somebody sweated blood and tears for that story, and that was their story. And you had these choices to pander to the outcry of fans. Well, just it's your story. If fans don't like it, they'll get over it by the time they play the next game. You have decided that how this ends. Don't change it just because some some people didn't like it who happened to be a bit vocal. Yeah. Um, I, I don't like that kind of stuff. It's someone's creation. They have thought it through, and it was a combination of the, the trilogy. So it's like um, we will accept it. There are so many games out there that have terrible stories. We've been lucky enough that we've had a trilogy that has been absolutely fantastic story and character-wise. So what if you didn't like the ending? Yeah. That's that's the story. Deal with it. But you know, that's by the by. I was quite happy with the end of that. I got at the end of Earth three. Yeah, that's about the journey, not the destination. As I said, absolutely. So yeah, so uh, Mass Effect one. Uh, I guess we can talk into a little bit about it. So this takes place. Uh, let me see here. I got the Wikipedia page up. Um, it's like twenty four thirty seven or seventy eight or something. Twenty one eighty three. Twenty one. Okay, I was close. 2183. <laughs> One <number was> right. <laughs> um, uh, it takes place in 2183 where uh, human beings uh, were able to 
discover new life, intelligent life, uh, throughout the Milky Way galaxy. Um, due to this artifact um, called um, the mass relays, uh, which is what everyone uses for light travel. So faster than light travel um, is done by this ancient artifact. This artifact is what they call uh, Prothean artifacts. Protheans existed, I think they said, was about 50,000 years ago. Yeah, they've been long, long dead um, for quite some time. Yeah, nobody knows what happened to them. They just disappeared off the face of the universe. So um, yeah. it's in. So we we don't know, but we have harnessed this technology and used it to to help um, not only humanity but other intelligent life forms out there. Um, and humanity's kind of like just now coming into the mix. You know, uh, there's a big coalition of all these different races from different parts of the galaxy who have come together, and humans have just now entered it, um, probably in the past, you know, probably three, four generations. So there's all the other races are still a little skeptical to humans. A little bit prejudiced as well. Yeah, absolutely. And um, that's kind of where we start the game uh we play as a commander shepherd it's not even a commander at this point um uh, to begin with it's just a captain or not even a captain it's uh no it's commander shepherd he's commander shepherd, but he's yeah. not the, he's, um, not he's the cap- XO. yeah he's not the captain of the normandy yet no um that's keith david yeah, keith keith david? David? yeah, he's yeah. David. that's keith david uh uh captain anderson yes um, so, uh, the USS Normandy, um, is basically where we call home. Uh, we, and we actually create our own character, much like in all the other Bioware RPGs. Uh, and you can choose some backstory for your character, stuff like that. And depending on what you choose, um, you can, uh, get different points. So there's a, a morality system in this game, uh, where you can be a paragon or a renegade. Um, Paragon obviously is the, the good guy, the, the one who always wants to help people. Renegade is, I want results. I don't care who I have to shoot to get them. <laughs> um, so the first time I played this game, I went full Paragon. I was the good guy. I wanted to be, you know, the protector of the universe. Mm-hmm. This go round, I am being a full on asshole. <laughs> so, uh, I made my shepherd. Uh, she, she, it's a female. I made a female shepherd. Um, and, uh, she is a infiltrator class, which, uh, utilizes tech abilities as well as firearms. So, um, I'm proficient with pistols and sniper rifles and then can use tech abilities to screw with other enemies, circuits and guns and stuff like that. Mm. And uh, what about you, John? What did you make? Um, I went for the default. Uh, again, I'm going to start the trilogy afresh. And I went for not only default name and look. I also think that if you mess around with the models, the character model, they just don't look very good. Mm. Um, the default one has had special attention to it. Um, but I went for the default settings. I wanted this to be the uh, shepherd that they had um 
set essentially um and again with my first playthrough i thought if i did that that might be the easiest way for me to play it but i am going good guy i am going i will help you out i will um uh be the man and so uh, in regards to class it was um i don't know the name of it assault class i'm good with a um assault weaponry um like give me rifle and the soldier class um, basically just class, just the gun person yeah, yeah. Um, solely because again, it's for me that was the easiest way entry level for me. I think um, I know that they're about the biotics, but I didn't really play about with them too much in the sequels. Um, and I thought, well, I'll let my teammates take care of that stuff, and I will I will be the man shooting because I'm good at shooting. Okay. Well, good. That's um, that's I went with Vanguard the first time, which was a uh, kind of like a biotic striker who use like shotguns and biotics. Mm. That was a really fun class to play. Not in Mass Effect 1 because the combat's kind of... But <laughs> uh, in Mass Effect 2 and 3, that's a really fun class to play. Okay. Um, but yeah, I figured I'd mix it up. I want to be an infiltrator. I'm going to let my guys go in and get shot while I hand back, stay back and just you know, shoot guys <laughs> from do, a distance. I do that <laughs> You do it anyway, yeah. That's, that's the best thing. Because like, truth be told, this game is difficult. It's it would it would be so much easier had the controls been tighter. Um, I don't know whether it'll get better as my uh, numbers increase uh, through leveling up, and I put points in various bits. Um, but I find the combat, especially with like pistols and uh, assault rifles, very spray and pray, which is frustrating. The here's the thing, because I mean, yes, we've all played Mass Effect two and three. They play a lot differently. And the reason why is because Mass Effect two and three are shooters. As much as people say, oh, they're a role playing game and they are. Well, yeah, they're shooters. This game is a role playing game. So when you take a shot at somebody, it's a dice roll if you hit them (laughs) or not. And it's just true. Um, Yeah. They they did that because I've went back and played Knights of the Old Republic before, and yeah, they did the exact same thing in Knights of the Old Republic. I feel like I'm I'm point blank range at this guy and shooting at him, and I miss, and I'm like, well, what the hell, you know? Because it's all dice rolls, and this game is more of a purist RPG than anything. Um, and you kind of have to get used to that. That's that's the thing about this game is. It, this is one of those games where the more you start going by the, its rules, the better off you are. But it is frustrating, though, when it is, uh, as you say, a, a dice roll, but it is so heavily orientated in action um, and with so much gunplay that it can feel like you're not getting anywhere with it if it, if you're putting your, your points into the skills you think you're going to need and it still doesn't settle the way he wanted to sell yeah and that can be a little frustrating but again it's this is the first one and i think they were they did such a good job with this second game and seeing what type of person played it what they thought of it and improving in the areas that needed improving so as you say it's an rpg game through and through both all you know all three of them are but there is a lot more focus on action and firing guns in, in, in two and it, 
it travels in the way that it handles. Right. So, um, going on a little further into the story, um, uh, we are on a secret mission currently, uh, that everybody's kind of keeping hush hush. I won't even tell Shepard what it is. Um, but we're on our way to a planet colony called Eden Prime, which is on the cusp of the kind of like this border between another group of civilizations that we don't necessarily associate with. In fact, a lot of people, some can be hostile toward them. Um, and uh, when we get there, we're finally told by a specter. So I should mention specters are kind of like the elite of the elite. They are uh, led by uh, and appointed by the council uh, who basically govern all the races of the galaxy. Uh, and, uh, they have pretty much, you know, free reign of whatever they want to do. You know, they're, they're basically, Get the job done. yeah, they're the double O agents of, yeah. of this series. And, uh, we have a specter on board who is finally filling us in on what this mission is. Um, and it's a Turian, which is a, a, a type of race in the game. Uh, and for the life of me, I can't think of what his name is. Um, it is, oh God, I can't either. <laughs> um, no, it's gone. Yeah. Uh, I, I, <laughs> no, I can't, it doesn't begin with an E. I can't remember, uh, but it doesn't matter because he's going to die real soon. <laughs> yeah, <sorry. laughs> so, uh, he wants us, Commander Shepard and a couple other people to, land on Eden Prime and help him find this uh, certain artifact. It's a Prothean artifact that they're calling a beacon. Uh, beacons are really rare to find, especially some that are in working condition. Uh, and they hold a lot of information about the Protheans, which is basically all civilization is based on. So we kind of need to get our hands on that. So, uh, And it was excavated... Uh, a few days ago, and now we have to go get it. The thing is, we want to keep it hush-hush because if somebody finds out there's a beacon on that planet, everybody's going to go for it. So when we land and we get there, kind of find out there's somebody already here. And it's actually another, I wouldn't say race of people. It is the Geth. They were a race. Yeah, they are a race Um so they're, they're like the Borg. Essentially. The, yeah, they are basically the Borg from Star Trek. Um, they are synthetic beings uh, that were created by another race. So think of it basically as the singularity. Um, they experimented with AI technology, and eventually the AI technology revolted against them and created their own race that people fear nonstop because they basically want to wipe out all living things except for Geth. Um, and the Geth are there um, to get this beacon. And they're being led by somebody, which we find out on this mission. So what happens is the Turian Spectre that we had with us, he goes off on his own to kind of secretly find the beacon while we kind of just clean up around him. 
Um, we run into a bunch of geth. One of our guys on our ship is killed. Like he, we took him, we took Shepard and Caden, Caden Alenko, um, who is a party member. Uh, and then another guy, the guy gets killed almost immediately and we try to survive. We eventually run into another person who was in the military, uh, who is stationed on Eden Prime, Ashley Williams, who is another human. Uh, she joins up with us and we try to figure out what the hell's going on. She just, she's coming up saying the Geth just showed up out of nowhere, started attacking everybody. Thank God you guys came. So, uh, as we press forward, we start seeing uh, the Gether killing humans and turning them into husks, which is basically Oops. turning them into Borg. <laughs> um, but mindless ones. Yeah, mindless ones. Zombies, basically. But zombies, yeah. Um, so, um, but we eventually get to a point where there's a cutscene, and that cutscene has our good guy, Spectre. Um, he's meeting up with another Spectre. Um, Another, another Turian. Another Turian, no less. Um, and they're talking like they know each other. This Turian is named uh, Saren. And Saren is possibly the most well-known Spectre. He's like the top Spectre. He's, he's the, the best of he's the He's the top of the top. Yeah. yeah, he's best of the best, yeah. And uh, he's there, and he, the other Turian is really confused, doesn't know why he's there. And then all of a sudden, he pulls out a gun and shoots the Turian Spectre. And Saren's like, see you later. <laughs> and so um, he, we, we go to investigate. We run into a survivor who tells us that, hey, I saw two Turians standing here. One of them shot the other one. And, well, we know who that is. He said, I heard his name was Saren. At least that's what I heard the guy say before he got shot. So that's all we got to go on, but we need to continue to find this beacon. Um, somehow, and I don't exactly know how, but we ran into the beacon before Saren did. Or Saren was getting ready to have it loaded onto his ship, and we ran into it first. Yeah, it's weird because you are following him, but you get there first. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what happened there. Uh, I think what happened was he jumped onto his ship. And was expecting the Geth to just basically throw it up there on his yeah. ship, but then we get to it first. Um, so we run into the beacon, and Caden is just like infatuated with it. He, he can't stop from looking at it. And as he's looking at it, it starts to activate. Shepard then jumps into the way, pushes Caden out of the way. and Oh, that's interesting. What? That was Ashley for me. Really? Yeah, I'm sure of it. It was Ashley was fascinating. He um, uh, he jumps uh, in in her way. Huh? Really? I'm sure. Yeah. You are you playing a you're playing a male character, right? Oh, uh, that might be why. That may be yes. the that may be why. It may yeah. be the fact that I was a dick to Ashley because I'm being a uh, renegade. Okay. It could be a number of things, but Caden was the one who was going to jump in there because he said he could feel his biotics calling out to it. No, that's weird. No, definitely, I'm sure it was actually. So it might be a game. Could be many things. There you go. Look at that. Yeah. So, um, but yeah. So we push our party member out of the way, and Shepard is hit by the beacon. The beacon emits this type of 
information into their brain. It's like an info- yeah, it's like a, some sort of psychic dump of information, isn't it? Like in a like like a visionary flash, yeah. images and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, Shepard has these really disturbing images of things being torn apart, human beings being killed, really, really bad stuff. Uh, and on top of that, they learn of a certain thing uh, that they say is the Reapers. That it that is basically what has happened. We don't exactly know what that means, uh, but we wake up on the ship, the Normandy, and it's a few days later. And they're like, well, what can you remember? I just remember... A lot of bad shit in that vision, and then the beacon exploded. So we have nothing to go on except whatever is in Shepard's mind. So after that, we need to go to the Citadel. Citadel is another ancient Prothean artifact, which is a gigantic hub that people live on. Um... And uh, that's where the council is. We need to go tell the council about this because the council needs to know that there is a, you know, a specter that's gone right rogue. Yeah. yeah. So, um, we arrive at the uh, the citadel, and we go to have a meeting uh, with the uh, the council itself. And they don't really believe us. In fact, we're standing there talking to them, and they have Saren on a hologram. And he's defending himself, saying, I don't know what the hell these people are talking about. And they won't listen to us, because there's no evidence showing that Saren was ever there. And so, we're kind of turned away from that. Um, so then we have to hopefully get some information about Saren so we can actually pin this on him. Uh, doing so requires a couple of things. Um, we ran into... Uh, a person, or ran into a Turian who um, has been trying to gather information against Saren for a while now. Um, his name is Garrus. Uh, Garrus is a C-Sec operative. He's, he, isn't he an ex-C-Sec? He may I be. He may be. I can't remember if he's ex-C-Sec or if he's still C-Sec. Mm. Basically, he was the he was one of the top security officers for the Citadel. So he he knows his way around the citadel. He's kind of like a detective for for um, the 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 citadel itself. Um, so uh, we we go back and talk to him and see if he has any information on it. Uh, he then tells us that well there is some information, but it's I'm trying to get it, but they they won't listen to me because I'm a CSEC guy or I'm an ex CSEC guy. But it's the underworld guys who hang out at this bar. Yeah, the old gangsters. Yeah, a bunch of gangsters who have some information about what's going on. So then we have to go talk to the gangsters at the bar. Um, what is that head gangster's name? It's like a typical bad guy name. Fist. Fist. Yeah, Fist. Fist. So we uh we go to talk to Fist. Uh, on lo- along the way, we run into another uh, party member, um, or potential party member. Uh, his name is Rex. Mm-hmm. Rex is a Krogan, which is kind of like a... 
Klingon. Y- yeah. Yeah, they're they're, <laughs> they're, they're, they're they're war race, aren't they? They're they a are. very warrior race of people. Very crude, very just to the point. To the point, very rude kind of people. They like they like to see people get hurt. They will uh, settle anything with a gun and a fist, as opposed to words. Exactly. That's what they yeah, uh, and Rex is there trying to talk to Fist as well, uh, because well they, you know. He, he, well, we, we find out a little bit later on, but, uh, he wants to talk to Fist. They're not letting him in. So we have the, we have the option to not recruit Rex, actually, here. Uh, we don't have to, but I did because I wanted every party member. Yeah. If you don't recruit him there, you lose your chance. I think so. Wow, okay. Yeah, th- what would you do then? I'm not certain, but I think so. It's the same way with Dragon Age. There was multiple party members that you could completely skip in Dragon Age. Wow. Um, if you didn't even explore or something like that. But um but yeah, so uh I got Rex uh and then we decide to go back because um enough's enough. We have to go in there and, and figure it out. So I got Rex with me. Um and we go in and we uh we kill a bunch of fist men. And we finally run into him, and he tells us that there is there's something there, there's some kind of trade going on right now. Uh, it's happening in a in a back alley uh, on the Citadel. It's an information trade. Isn't yeah, it's it? information. Yeah, it's an information trade. He's like, that's where you'll find your information. Just let me go. To which I said no, and then Rex shot him. <laughs> and then Rex Rex says, I'm a bounty hunter and I was supposed to kill him. So thanks. <laughs> and I was like, okay. So uh then we then decide we have to quickly get to the um to the back alley to find this because apparently something bad's gonna happen. Um when we get there we find out who this informant is and it is a young um what is her race talia's race valerian so it's not salarian those are the salamander guys oh so it's a sari which is weird hair people yeah um turian which is garrus and saren salarian which is they're the weird like they've just got weird faces haven't they um Oh, good God. That's amazing. Literally about three days ago. Yeah. <laughs> like, is... Let me look it up here. I, I, I gotta know. I have to know this yeah. one. Um, yeah. Quarian. Quarian. Oh, that's it. Yes. Yeah. Yes, She's yes, a Quarian. And Quarians, uh, I should mention, were the race that created the Geth. Yeah, they were the original instigators. So they created them as slaves, didn't they? Yeah. And uh, when the Geth rebelled, uh, a lot of stuff happened. Uh, Quarians, uh were basically banished from their home world because the Geth took it over. And um, they they're now all on a big flotilla, aren't they? Yeah, they big, they all big fleet. They all live on ships, and those are their homes now. Uh, but she is in this back alley meeting. It goes awry. She starts shooting guys. We have to help her. Uh, and when we do, she's like, I've got this information. Um, uh, take me to the council and I will, I will show you. So basically, 
she's she's kind of like an expert on the geth. She's been studying for a long time. She's trying to figure the stuff out. And she uh, basically has a recording uh, from a uh, a synthetic geth that she was able to uh, salvage. And this is this was a recording of Saren talking about working with the geth and um, basically bringing back the Reapers, is what he said. Um, we don't exactly know what that means as of yet, but um, it does prove that Saren is a traitor. So the council then um, strips him of his specter status and uh, basically puts a, a warrant out for his arrest. At the same time, they decide uh, they need a replacement specter. So they then nominate against one of the council members the the, the Turians um, wishes they finally give their first human specter status and that goes to Commander Shepard. Um, and they give us an order to stop Saren, basically. Figure out what he's doing, stop him, and bring him in. So, um, we have a few leads. Uh, the first one being that also on the recording with Saren was an Asari woman uh, who they recognize the voice uh, and they say that we know where her daughter is and she's actually, she may be able to help us uh, if because if this Asari is helping Saren, maybe we can get a back door in to where Saren may be. Uh, and so they suggest we go and talk to uh, her daughter, her daughter's name is Liara, uh, and she is an archaeologist that is uh, excavating on a certain planet. An expert in Protheans. Yes, she has been studying Prothean technology for 10, 15 years, something like that. Uh, 50. 50 years, excuse yeah. me. Yeah, uh, she's like, because I remember a conversation say, saying that she was relatively inexperienced um but she's only been studying them for 50 years but she's but yeah her but her age is different all right yeah they basically lived a lot longer and she's something i think she's like a hundred and something but she's classed as relative a youngster yeah um uh, only at the beginning of her kind of adult life say um but she's been studying the proteins for yeah i think i'm sure she said about 50 years yeah so um that that's one of the things I do want to bring up because I I always like this about it, yeah. Just how they set up the lore and everything, um, is how people feel about humans or how 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 other races feel about humans. Um, I think it's in Mass Effect Two. I'm not certain, but you have a conversation with Garrus, who is obviously a Turian, and uh, Garrus was like my homeboy in the first game, and um. I was talking to him and I was like, why do you, why does other races hate humans? And he's like, well, we don't really hate them. It's like, you guys come off as pushy and they're like, <laughs> we're not trying to, well, see you guys want everything done right away and we don't work that way. And I love the explanation for this because, because and Shepard was like, well, it's because we only live to be maybe 90 years old. You guys live hundreds and hundreds of years yeah and you know we have to get things done right away you know we're always in a hurry yeah 
So that's um, the, I always like that about how they how they kind of explain that you know like just just a little extra flavor to the entire world itself. Um, so we take our first lead, uh, and we go to a mining planet where um, Liara is possibly at. Uh, and this is our first introduction to that wonderful, wonderful beast of a Mako. Oh, absolutely. Oh. We're going to talk about that. We are going to have to talk about that. So, um, yeah. So when you land on a planet, certain planets you can land on, certain ones you can't. Uh, you can survey certain planets. Um, but doing so requires you to get on the Mako. So... Basically, what happens is the Normandy launches a tank um, onto the planet, and we are in the tank driving around, because if you don't, you're going to be walking for a very long way. <laughs> the Mako seems to control as if I'm drunk all the time. <laughs> it, it's bouncy. At the same time, it's stiff. Turning is a nightmare. And it's one stick control as well, isn't it? It just controls on the left stick. Oh, that's a pain. It controls on the left stick, and turning is controlled by kind of like you can aim. Like you can use the right stick to aim, and it will turn that way. You know what it controls like? It controls a lot like the Warthog from, um, from Halo. I found that a little easier to control. It is. But yeah, it is, it's, it's a poor version of that. Um, but the problem is, is that when you're on a planet running around, you want to be in the Mako because it has armor. On top of that, there's another big thing. It has a fucking rocket launcher on it, which <laughs> decimates everything. So you want to be on that Mako, but it controls really, really bad. It's a nightmare. It's 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 the definitely the worst game mechanic in that game. Yeah, without a doubt. And I see why they dropped it for the the, the subsequent games because yeah. it is an absolute beast, and it it really does take from the flow of the game because you know you are coming probably off the back of an action mission and when you get out of the mako to do what you need to do you're generally going into an action um situation the action that you find in the mako when you've got to go around and shoot the enemies is just such a chore because of the way it controls it really it, it just feels completely out of place yeah bad real bad but um yeah we you know We'll skip, hey, I drove around in the Mako for 15 minutes trying to get to where Liara is. Yeah, yeah. And we we eventually make it to where Liara is. Um, she's in a mine itself. Um, so uh, when we get there, the Geth show up. Um, the Geth have a new type of enemy. That we run into, and in fact, I don't remember the seeing this enemy in Mass Effect Two or Three. I could be wrong, but these like liquor things that crawl on, yeah. the, on the ceilings and stuff like that—I don't remember seeing those in Mass Effect Two and Three. No, they're they're like um, they move really fast, 
And I think they're kind of sniper-type enemies because they kind of climb up the walls in the corners and then you see a beam of light and they'll, I think that's what they shoot. Uh, they aim and shoot. But I don't, yeah, I don't remember them seeing, remember seeing them in, in previous games, uh, sorry, subsequent games. So yeah, um, they're a pain in the backside. And because you, as soon as you try to aim, because of the way that the uh, aiming mechanics are a little bit sluggish, uh, by the time you've actually got lock on one, it's moved. So I generally just leave them for the team members to, to take care of. Um, they normally do a relatively good job of that, luckily. Yeah. So when we eventually get into the mine itself, um, there's more geth there. They're trying to get in to this barrier that um, Liara has accidentally unleashed. She's kind of stuck there, can't get out, and nothing can get in. But there is a way to turn it off. But we have to figure out a way to get behind her. Um, to which is actually pretty easy because it's the only thing you can interact with in the room. <laughs> this gigantic <laughs> laser. So, um, And it's quite good because when you're on foot in these type of missions, it's very kind of linear. So it's one path, uh, one critical path essentially. You you go down corridors. It's a bit of a maze. Most of them are mazy type, but it's handy because I do find that the map system on uh, in Mass Effect is terrible. Yeah. Um, you can't really tell where you're meant to be going, and they do improve that in the in the the next games. But it's um, it's handy that it is very linear, and you can really only go down one path. Where I struggled was when you, uh, although we want to talk about it on this show, because I don't think you've got, you've not got to it yet, but, um, one of the missions used just after this is, um, you have to double back on yourself after you've opened certain areas up and that can get a little confusing when the map is, is not telling you really where you need to go. Yeah. It's, it's a pretty big issue, but. (laughs) And another thing I, I, I don't know if it's just me. I have real problems decrypting boxes. You know, you have the you can just you can either you know use on the gel to to decrypt them, or um, you've got a, 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 like a Simon says mini game type of thing. I str- I can't. It's always saying I failed. It gives me less than a split second to replicate the button press. Really? Yeah, and I don't know if it's just me. If I'm doing it wrong, I thought well maybe I'm because at the start it was like uh, the first one I encountered was like on the planet of Eden Prime when you. you one of the first places you stop, they've got some boxes you can open, and it says easy, uh, easy decryption, and it brings up the four face, you know, the A, B, X, Y buttons, and um, I think B highlighted, and I was quick on that, and it said failed. I thought, oh, okay, that's, that's weird. Maybe I'm meant to wait for a sequence. No, that failed as well. So I don't know whether I'm doing it wrong. Um, no, you're supposed to hit them when, you, when they pop up. Um, it could, it you, no time. You, you may not have enough time because you're a soldier and you don't have the skills to hack. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Um, cause I've never had any issues. And I wonder, is that, I can't remember. Is there something I can put points into for that? There, there is something you can put points into, but damn, if I can remember what it is. Um, but there is something. I'll have to look at the descriptions because I'm, I'm focusing mainly on my health and the gunplay. So maybe I ought to have a look at the, um, the, the different various attributes I can plow into. Cause it would lit, uh, honestly, God, I am 
there's no way I'm quick enough to do it. I think I've opened one easy box. Yeah. Um, that's how quick it is. So it's like maybe I'll dive a couple of points into that. But yeah, we use this uh, gigantic laser to blow a hole into the bottom and we're able to go down the tunnel and come back up and turn off the barrier. Uh, in doing so, we run into whoever hire, whoever Saren hired to, to get Liara, which is a Krogan um, who basically take us dead or alive kind of thing. Um, damn, this boss fight sucked. I died a really? lot here. Yeah. I didn't die at all. Oh, man. Okay, maybe because I'm a soldier. Oh, yeah. See, I'm a sniper. And I'm in a close corridors, and this guy's oh yes, because it's a small me. room, isn't it? Yeah, this guy yeah. is bum rushing me. Uh, I died like three or four times here. And the bad thing is, I have to go through the cutscene again of Ew. of like, oh no, the place is about to come down, and you know, and everybody we have to ride the elevator up, and then we meet with the guy. Um, but yeah, I, I eventually did beat him, uh, and we take Liar onto the Normandy and escape. Um. And then we all have a nice little sit-down chat uh, and talk uh, with everybody. Um, and basically, Liara, that's how she explains you know, how old she is, how long she's been studying the Protheans. Uh, and she tells us some more about the Reapers. So the Protheans, uh, who existed about 50,000 years ago, were completely wiped out by these things called the Reapers. We don't exactly know what the Reapers are. We don't know what they want. Uh, but we know that Saren is hoping to bring the Reapers back to our galaxy. I don't, I don't exactly know where they are currently. Um, and, um, obviously bringing those guys back will probably be a really bad thing because they wiped out an entire civilization. Um, so, we decided to bring Liara, Liara along with us because she has really powerful robotic uh, senses and she's able to handle herself in combat. Uh, plus, she could help us out whenever we run into more Prothean stuff. Uh, but then we have a couple of more options, places to go uh, to check out a couple of leads. Um, and that's where I basically stopped. So... Um, I, I wanted to just go ahead and get all the party members first, and yep, then fair enough. and then we we can continue from there. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it um, as far as I went. I know you went a little bit farther, but I mean we can. I help. did one further mission, which obviously we'll we'll talk about next week. Yeah. But um, I yeah, I've now got all the party members done this one mission uh, after that, um, which does. Um, it's a story-based mission, so it kind of uh, sheds a little bit more light on how Saren was able to get as far as he's got. So. Yeah. There's one other thing I should mention about the Reapers. The Geth look at the Reapers as gods. And yes. that, that's the reason why the Reapers are nonstop trying to wipe out everybody. is because they, they follow the Reapers and are, are trying to bring them back. And that's why Saren's working with them. Uh, so, but yeah, that's, um, we'll, we'll just stop it there as far as the, the playthrough itself goes. We do have a few emails. Um, I'm going to bring them up, uh, right now. Give me one second. So, uh, we, uh, we got an email from Jamie. Um, let's see here. 
Uh, hello, Jamie. Hello, Jamie. Uh, Jamie says, um, hi guys. I'm both excited and very, and a little nervous about you playing Mass Effect. I don't know if it's because I was on maternity leave and all hormonal or if it was just so well made, but this game gives me all the feels. I don't know if another game has ever made me feel the way Mass Effect did. It's making me feel enraged in certain areas. Certain areas, yes. Um, I think the biggest part of the game for me was the characters. I still remember them like they were my friends. Never have I finished a game and felt lonely. Truly lonely. Felt, it truly felt lonely like I'd lost someone. This is sounding a little melodramatic, but I'm probably exaggerating. But the truth is, the characters seem real to me. To this day, I miss Garrus. <laughs> it's also the reason I've never replayed them. Mass Effect has such a huge following. We're talking people who have played these games over and over. Seems like a Bioware fan thing. Romanced every option. Played Renegade, Paragon, Female Shepard, Male Shepard, and the list goes on. I've always been hesitant to do that because I don't want to cheapen my first experience, but it's been two years since I played through the trilogy. Maybe wounds have healed. Maybe it's time to go back. Uh, that said, it's, it is really hard to imagine doing anything differently. I consider every now and then going back and playing as male shepherd. I played female before, but it just feels wrong. Maybe, well, maybe I'd romance someone else, but that feels like cheating. (laughs) (laughs) And ultimately, in the end of the trilogy, would I choose a different ending? I just don't know. Uh, It's kind of funny because, honestly, I don't remember much at all about the gameplay. I remember the fucking Mako bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) I'm with you. But I don't remember the combat system. Um, I vaguely remember searching for stuff on planets, but mostly remember the story. That's one reason I'd like to play it again. This time, slow down and actually play the game. Pay attention to who I'm taking with me because of their strengths, not because I have a crush on Garrus. And he's always coming with me no matter what. That might happen again, I can't say for sure. Uh, Anyway, let's wrap this up, shall we? I think maybe I've talked enough. uh, I've talked through some of my worries in this email, and I'm feeling better about it. I think I'll try to play through this one over my Christmas holidays so I can continue with you next year if you decide to play through them all, which you should because once you start, you really have to go to the end. (laughs) (laughs) I'm looking forward to hearing about your different shepherds you guys play. Thank you, Jamie. Yeah, I can see if... That must be quite difficult. I don't often have that much of an emotional connection to any games I play. Maybe it's because I'm a, a cold, dead husk. But um, if you've got that kind of strong connection and had, it's left that imprint on you, it must be quite difficult going back. Especially, I mean, you play a game that's linear from start to finish. I can see that being a different case. But when you've got a game like Mass Effect that has so many different options and so many different ways that although the the story remains the same the characters can change in the way that they interact with each other you know i could see why that must be quite difficult to go back if you had such a great time first time around yeah because it could it could lessen your experience or you know we often look back with rose colored um glasses and it could taint that in a way so very brave you to go back and do it yeah the I will say this, and I, in fact, I even did it on Phoenix Down. It was Matt, Jay, and I 
we went back and played because I originally stopped playing the game because I fucking hated it. I thought it was horrible. I went back and played Alpha Protocol. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll put I'll put I'll put it this way: after replaying that game for Phoenix Down, Mass Effect and Dragon Age wish they deviated as much as Alpha Protocol did. Really, why? Alpha Protocol is an ambitious friggin' game, dude. I'm telling you, it's like it blew me away. Go back and listen to our episodes. If you don't play the game, I tell you to play the game. Like I seriously play that game. Because I've got it on Steam, and because I bought it when it was, I remember you recommended it to me on N4G a while ago, and I bought it because it was like two quid or something stupid, and I can't get past um, the re. You know the the bit when you first get your apartment and you're talking, you're getting your missions from your handler on the TV. Yeah, it's so bad. It's so cheesy. And the acting is terrible. I couldn't get past that bit. It's so good, though. I mean, like, <laughs> it, it, it may you, you may think it's cheesy, but it is cheesy. The, the the thing is, is that why I loved it so much because they they were like, dude, this is Mass Effect, but James Bond. You know, it, it's spy Mass Effect, and I was like, fucking yes, this is what I want because <laughs> I fucking love spy movies. I love I loved Mass Effect at this time, and. It's a lot like Mass Effect 1 with its combat system, where it's kind of like dice rolls. The more points you mm. put into pistols, the better you're going to be at pistols kind of thing. Um, but, man, you talk about a game where your choices matter. Holy shit. Alpha Protocol is amazing at that. I There was parts of that game I completely missed that Matt and Jay had it because I chose one different thing. It's wow. crazy. I highly suggest Alpha Protocol to people. That is a diamond in the rough. <laughs> I promise you. Um, Maybe one day. Yeah. Maybe one day. Anybody out there I'll who's listening, seriously, take me up on that. It is really good. <laughs> and if you do, go back and listen to our old episodes because th- that game is fantastic. Uh, but we do have one more email. Uh, it comes from Sam. Uh, Hi, Sam. And, and he says... Uh, um, it's real short and sweet. How has playing Mass Effect again, for those who've played it before, changed what you expect slash want from Mass Effect Andromeda now? Well, for me, that's a difficult question because I hadn't played the first one. I mean, I have got further in our first section than I've ever got previously. Um, and I, what I want from... Mass Effect, after playing what I've played of the first one, they've already given me in 2 and 3. Yeah, You know, tighter combat, um, you know, more options when it comes to your dialogue. And I know it's 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 very much like um, Telltale Games. It doesn't really matter what you choose. The story's going to play out the way it's going to play out. And and (laughs) the stuff that you have, the, the choices you make, don't really affect the overall picture. Yeah. Um, and so they got that all right. And I, again, as I said, I don't have a problem with the ending that I had. I think with three, I the ending that I got was the um, sim- synthesis thing where they were all still alive, but they had like the nano thing synthesized into them. I can't remember. Yeah. I'm sure that was the one. Um, 
that I that I ended up uh, getting, and that was fine. And with Andromeda, they are very cleverly completely taking that out of the equation by setting it so far in the future, but having characters left Earth before all of this happened. Right. Which is, again, the, the only way they could really go with it if they wanted to remove Shepard and that whole storyline and away and, and, and starts with a new trilogy or whatever they intend to do with it. Um, what I would like from uh, Andromeda is uh, same type gameplay that we saw in Mass Effect 2 and 3. Um, I do kind of like the fact that they aren't doing classes because they've announced that they're not doing classes and you can spec any way that you want okay. and also respec okay which if you get to a for example if you get to a certain point and think oh, maybe i should have tried another way there'll be certain points in the game where you can apparently it will be story based as well where you can respec um and i also want that rich diverse story and law um, i like the new world they're going to or a new a whole new galaxy they're going to um, they, I want to, I want it to feel like a lived-in universe, much like the Mass Effect universe was in the first three games. Oh, I'm sure, I'm uh, sure that will that will be the case. Oh, I'm, I'm, no doubt, and I want to see new alien races. I, I don't expect to see some. Of, I don't expect to yet, with the exception of the ones that are in the arcs that they send out. So I expect, obviously, yeah, your Torians and your Solarians and your, your Quarians and all that stuff. Um, but I'd like to see a nice new uh, wealth of races. Um, I really hope those elephant people come back. Somehow we bump into those, those ones that talk literally. Yeah. Because um, I think they're hilarious. They are. They're great. Um, I've come across a couple already. And it is just, although it's always, um, you know, incidental chat that you have with them, nothing story-based. It's really fun because they just, I don't know, there's something about them, the way that they speak, their demeanor. I think having a race like that would be quite, you know, a little bit of comic relief. Um, but I'm just hoping for a tight game and they've had long enough. And I think um, Ken, uh, when we the, the show this week, I think he aired his opinion that that game is not coming out in March, even though that's what uh, EA are. Are planning on and I think yeah, that's potentially could be the case but yeah. I don't care as long as I get a good game at the end of it and it looks promising the the thing like I don't know much about Andromeda I haven't I haven't actually followed it that much um, <laughs> but well, there's uh, not been a lot to know uh, until recently, yeah the 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 whole class thing that you mentioned I, that's that's news mm. to me and that's that's great um, I. I want more RPG out of this game because Mass Effect two and three were shooters. I mean, let's let's just be honest here. Um, yeah, they were shooters with some really fancy powers. They were like it was like RPG, yeah. uh, very light on the RPG. Which again, maybe that suited the type of gameplay that they were after. I don't know. Well, yeah, I mean that's the thing. It's it's kind of hard to make that kind of that style of combat a role playing game. You can do it in Dragon Age because you know it's you know it's more physical. It's more you know, throwing stuff at guys and and mm. and going up to them and slashing them with a sword. Um, but with Mass Effect, 
you know, your primary way of combat is ducking and shooting. So it's hard to make a role-playing game out of that. I'd love to see skill trees like you see in, in Dragon Age and stuff like that. Customization is what I really like because, it, it, truth be told, Mass Effect, it, there isn't much as far as character customization. It's basically like I'm filling up prerequisites so I can use my sniper rifle. You know, I mean, that, that's that's basically what it is. Yeah, and, and for the most part, it seems like all your skills when you do level up, you're just making, you're just making them more powerful rather than learning new stuff. Yeah, and then on top of that, give me a better, maybe a better weapon gear system. I like loot. I love loot. <laughs> and you know, yeah. you know, you give me a gun that you know. Oh, it does two percent more damage. I mean, come on, give me something crazy. Give me like you know, they they give you a little bit of that where you like you have bullets that melt guys or bullets that freeze people and stuff like that, which is mm. that's cool and all, but I just you know, I I hope for more customization in Andromeda. You know, I mean, I like, well, I want to have a shepherd that plays completely different from your shepherd. You know, there are, there's room for that. I mean, if you look at things like Borderlands, where they, it, you know, that's a RPG shooter, um, and with a hell of a lot of customization. I mean, I don't expect that level of customization, but it would be nice to have, uh, yeah, maybe a little loot system. I don't know, loot's popular. Maybe they'll, they'll, they'll do that. I don't know, but something where you're, yeah, you're, you're, sh- you're not shepherd, you're rider. I think they rider will be different. It will have a, it'll have a different skill set, and maybe. By removing classes, it will be more unique because you'll be putting skill points where you to, to suit your play style. Um, but yeah, it'll be nice to see some like nice options with guns and armor and some you know some unique stuff like that. Where you, I mean, you saw it more in two and three where you have different types of armor. You didn't see it in one. Well, I've not seen it in one. I know you had armor, but there was no aesthetic change. It was all you know. This armor is better than that armor, and you look the same. I, I don't know whether it changes as you go on through the game, but in two and three you had like this kind of cool armor and this kind of cool armor, this kind of cool helmet, and that would be nice as well to have a rich variety of that to to make him or her look how you want them to look, how you think it would be cool. So. Yeah, but yeah, that's uh, that's all the emails we have. Thank you uh, both for emailing. You can send an email. It's Drew at ztgd dot com. Uh, we'll read it on the show. Tell us about Mass Effect, what you love about it, what you hate about it, uh, how you're playing the game, because I know there's some pl- people playing along with us. Let us know how you're playing. You, are you going completely asshole renegade? Are you going to, <laughs> you know, the, the wonderful... The goody par- two-shoes. The goody two-shoe paragon. <laughs> so there's different ways to play it. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much it for us. You can follow us all on Twitter. I'm at DML Fury. John is at John W. UK W W D W. How you spell it? D U B D U B Y A Y A. There you go. Yeah, w. W. John W. W. And um, the podcast itself is at ZTGD Phoenix Down. Uh, but that's it for us. Had a pretty good show. How was it going? Yes, thank you again, and uh, look forward to seeing what delights the next segment brings up for me i'm to the point more make yeah i'm to the point where i i don't know what happens now i remember the the spider thing 
That's... I'm definitely clueless because again, I have got further than I've ever got before. So there you go. We're already making progress for you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's it for us. I hope you guys have a great week. Uh, but we will be back next week to continue our playthrough of Mass Effect. Until then, I am Drew, and I'm John, and we're out of here. Have a great week.